Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. John chapter 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathanael from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll all go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did this, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed... They saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153 of them. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus then said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the same thing the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you you went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about this man? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. 
But Jesus didn't say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would need to be written. This is the last chapter of the Gospel of John, and it begins with another appearance of Jesus after his death, burial, and resurrection. In verse 1 we read, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. Now, this was a long ways from Jerusalem. But if you recall, Jesus' headquarters in the days of his flesh was in that area around the Sea of Galilee, specifically in the area of Capernaum. And when he rose from the dead, he told Mary Magdalene and some of the others to tell the disciples that I will meet them in the Galilee area. And so Jesus was fulfilling his promise to meet his disciples there. It goes on to explain this story that Simon Peter and the other disciples, a number of them, were gathered together, and they decided to go fishing. Now, my opinion is they didn't know what to do. They had seen him crucified. They had seen the the government of Rome and the religious leadership of Israel come down against Jesus and against uh, the followers of Jesus to the point of crucifying the Lord. And so they were a little bit confused as to what to do. And so Peter, as you may recall, had been a fisherman, as had his brother Andrew and John and his brother. And so he said, let's go fishing, guys. In verse 3, I'm going to go fishing, Peter told them. And they said, we'll all go with you. And so my opinion is, since they didn't know what to do, they said, let's go fishing. So they went out and they got into a boat to go fishing. But that night, they didn't catch anything. And early the next morning, Jesus stood on the, the bank But they didn't realize it was Jesus. Somehow he was disguised in his resurrection body. Don't know. I've seen um, movies of this scene, you know, Hollywood portrayals. He's wearing like a a hoodie type outfit where they can't see his face. I think he may have actually looked like someone other than Jesus. But whatever the case was, they didn't know it was Jesus at this point. So he calls out to them, friends, haven't you caught any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the other side of the boat and you'll find some. Now, he's talking to professional fishermen. They've been fishing all night. They hadn't caught any fish. This was somewhat of an unreasonable suggestion. Throw your net on the other side of the boat and you'll find some. For anybody that's ever been fishing, there's not that great a difference from one side of the boat to the other, although you will occasionally catch one on one side of the boat where you didn't catch one on the other. But they didn't have great expectation. Somehow they, they responded to his suggestion and threw the net on the other side of the boat. And lo and behold, they caught so many fish, they were unable to pull the net into the boat. Now, at this point, they realized something's up. And John, who was the writer of this gospel, said to Peter, it's the Lord. John was the first one to recognize this is Jesus that told us to throw the net on the other side. And so in this appearance, it was a supernatural appearance. Of course, he's raised from the dead, but he appeared suddenly and he was talking to them as a stranger from the bank until they caught these fish and then they realized it was the Lord. And so Peter suddenly jumps into the water impetuously and swims to the shore and the other disciples bring the boat in behind him and everything's silent. They're sitting around in silence, and uh, they all realize it's Jesus who's there. In verse 15, Jesus begins to talk to Peter directly. Now, I want to remind you that Peter 
had denied Jesus three times the night he was crucified. And Jesus had prophesied, Peter, tonight you'll deny me three times before the cock crows. And immediately after his third denial, the rooster crowed. And so I'm sure that was on Peter's mind. Maybe that was on his mind when he said, let's go fishing. Don't know. But sitting there with Jesus, I'm certain that was in his mind. And so they were sitting by a fire, and Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others? He's talking about the other disciples. Now notice the setting. Peter had denied Jesus while sitting by a fire outside of the place where Jesus was on trial. And here Jesus had set the scene again by a fire. And this time, though, rather than being surrounded by enemies, Peter's surrounded by his fellow disciples, his fellow apostles. And Jesus poses the question to Peter and says, do you love me more than these apostles, these other apostles? He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And his response is, feed my lambs. Jesus asked him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, you just asked him that and received an answer. But remember, there were three denials. So he answered the second time, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was deeply hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time. But he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, this is an interesting exchange, but it tells us some things that we need to know today. First, Jesus went looking for Peter. He wasn't looking to condemn Peter. He was looking to restore Peter. And Jesus comes looking for me, and Jesus comes looking for you. When we're estranged from God for whatever reason, he's not satisfied just to let us be estranged. He's looking for a way to restore us. Everybody who's ever known the Lord and for some reason has backed away, he spent the rest of their lives trying to find a way to restore them to relationship. And so if that's you today, friends, he's reaching out to you saying, do you love me? And if you say, yes, Lord, I love you, he's trying to restore you to that place of relationship. But I want you to know what he notice what he said to Peter three times. He said, if you love me, feed my people. He's talking about lambs and sheep, but he's talking about people. And that if Peter, as a leader, really loved Jesus, he needed to come back and serve him and serve his people. But notice the pronouns he uses. He says, Peter, feed my lambs in verse 15. In verse 16, he says, take care of my sheep. Notice both cases, my. And the third time in verse 17, he says, feed my sheep. He never said, Peter, I'm giving you a bunch of people that are going to be yours, and they're going to be your sheep, and you call them sheep. So who do the sheep belong to? They belong to the great shepherd of the sheep, the Lord Jesus. The same was true for Peter. The same is true today. And so if you're in a a church where the pastor thinks that the people there are his sheep, He's somewhat confused because all of the sheep, all of the lambs, belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He never gave up ownership of any of us. However, he does use under-shepherds like Peter and like me and perhaps like your pastor to work in co-laboring with Jesus. And the purpose of the ministry is to feed God's people, to minister to God's people. And so Jesus was calling Peter's attention to this. If you love me, you'll serve my people in my name. And my sheep belong to me, Peter. He emphasized that three times as well. And so, Lord, we just recognize today that Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. Lord, we recognize that some are called to be pastors and deacons and elders and different things, Lord, but ultimately we're all sheep. We're all 
possessions of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we who serve in ministry, Lord, we're called to serve your people, but they're still your people. Lord, may we keep sight of the fact that you're the one who died for your people. No pastor, no priest, no prophet, no evangelist. You're the one, Lord. You're the great shepherd of the sheep. We love you. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.